0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Metavertising podcast, your podcast about metaverse marketing, advertising and related trends in the tech world. I'm your host Eli Santos and this podcast is audible about exploring the metaverse and its possibilities with people that are at the core of its development and of course how marketing is going to be related with everything. And today I'm very excited to welcome Michael Wentworth-Bell. Michael say hi to everyone.
1: G'day everyone.
0: Thank you michael. yeah thanks
1: eli yeah really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show super stoked
0: thank you thank you for being with us today so guys michael is the founder and creative director at digital load immersive media an australian based game development company that focuses on immersive xr entertainment digital load has developed the aspire ip vr's most successful stealth action brand with aspire games on every major vr platform Michael and his team are currently working on a mixed reality Aspire experience described as the world's first stealth action game that takes place in your whole house so Michael tell us a little bit about yourself what you do and your background we would love to hear it
1: yeah sure um i started my journey wishing i would be a game developer as a as a kid Um, really into kind of the behind the scenes of making games but took a different path Went through um, studies where I ended up being a multimedia designer. So did a lot of um, everything really, web design, graphic design, print design, motion graphics. And then in about 20, about 10 years ago, 2013, the Oculus Rift development kits were coming out. And I managed to get my hands on um, the second version of that and was um, blown away by the ability to be able to put a headset on. I'd also been doing 3D art, so I was a jack of all trades, master of none for sure, and one of those things was making 3D models, and so I put a, um, you know, s- some of the work I'd been doing into VR, and I was able to walk around it, literally, and just totally bit. And so I, I thought, I've got to somehow get into this industry, spent a uh, few years I actually worked out of this, the building that I'm in at the moment, recording this video at the time. And so, with my boss, we were trying to spend about two years just landing a project, but we did, we looked at everything mining, education, uh, training, um, real estate, but we just couldn't seem to get a project. I think because it was so early and the budgets just weren't there. So, we did a few kind of collabs um, just for the experience and the fun. And then Espire, a stealth game, kind of just came out of the question, why isn't there a game like Metal Gear Solid in VR? You know, you you have to it's tense. You've got to hide behind enemies and use your body to actually break the sightlines with them, sneak up with them, maybe punch the guy the bad the enemies. And I thought, yeah, no one's done it yet. So I did a small demo and it managed to get a following and it, it essentially started what was a three-year journey to get that game made, Espire one and so we grooved a team and it really took almost two years of that three years journey to get the game greenlit and then the last year was just this mad rush rush to make it it, w- it did okay it happened ca- happened to release soon after the quest one and soon before COVID 19 and so it just was lucky that it had um you know a time where vr was in the spotlight gave us a chance to make a sequel aspire 2 that's coming out at a time where i think VR is in a bit of a lull, so it hasn't done as well as the first game, and we're now currently focusing on the, a next generation of headsets, mixed reality. So it's that's been really exciting, as it makes me feel like it's sort of seven years ago where the rulebook hasn't been written on what what do you what does that even mean?
0: That's amazing because, um, as a, you know, uh, our, our listeners that have listened to previous episodes, they know I'm a gamer, right? Like, um, I, I still play games to this day and I still love gaming. So, um, I think, you know, if you, uh, told me like, um, I don't know, like 25 years ago that in the future you were going to have a device that would allow you to have kind of like take gaming out of your television and place it into the real world and interact with it you know or maybe just kind of like live in a game you know i would be i would have been extremely excited like i think that's every child's like gamer child's dream you know to to see like uh their favorite games in reality and i you know i used to play metal gear solid so i know exactly what you're talking about and i'm I think that's extremely exciting. I do agree that the playbook for mixed reality gaming is yet to be written, and unfortunately, there aren't many t- as many titles that as, as I would like to see in mixed reality gaming. So I think it's it's you know it's extremely exciting that you guys are working on that. Um, whilst it's something that is extremely innovative. It's also extremely exciting because I do believe that in the future there's going to be a lot more titles like there's going to be a lot more mixed reality games and um and definitely like those games are gonna look up to aspire and your team to see like oh all right so these guys have done it first like they they know like you know they know a lot more than us about this probably gonna become a reference so I do believe you know you guys are in the right time right place at the right time you know
1: yeah, it, it's definitely been a tough one because it, it is at that interesting moment where there isn't really a market for mixed reality games, and so it's a um, in many ways like many things in XR are risky. So I think mixed reality as a niche is a quite high risk endeavor. Um, I think it, one good thing to look at is that there's a recent announcement of the Apple Vision Pro headset, where their you know their vision of 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 that device is very much mixed reality they're not using the term mixed reality but it's a device that you know really brings your virtual world into the real world and meta are making an interesting move where they're releasing a a new quest headset that's more expensive than quest 2 when price has always been a real concern and a lot of that cost um just you know looking at the device is mixed due to that mixed reality it's got amazing depth sensor cameras to allow pass-through that, you know, by all accounts, seems to be the one of the best pass-through experiences ever. So, you know, that they, they, they must be, um, you know, seeing mixed reality is important. But it, at least as devs, and I think Meta have always been very supportive of devs with various, like, funding um, and other tiers of support to help bootstrap an industry. But yeah, it is a time where it's like, um, hope, we're at least excited to have had an opportunity to, to work on this uh, Spire game and hopefully yeah excited to see that new generation of of gaming kick off
0: yeah i think um you know and we're already like i didn't even have to introduce the topic we just naturally (laughs) kind of fell into it because it's so you know like as i said it's something that i'm very interested about and it's exactly what we're here to talk about which is mixed reality gaming so as you were saying uh and i completely agree like we're seeing this trend of devices um you know advancing towards not necessarily like i wouldn't say that um it's the only thing that the device manufacturers have in mind so in this case meta and apple so i wouldn't say like mixed reality is their you know their main goal but it's definitely one of their main interests on building these devices, especially the Apple Vision Pro, which signaled like it was a huge signal for the, the, the AR, VR, mixed reality market. Right. Um, because it's it's going to bring a lot more capabilities to not only mixed reality gamings, but applications in general. Right. And also the Quest 3, as you mentioned, like it's going to be thinner, it's going to be lighter. Um, and it's also going to have better mixed reality capabilities in comparison to the Quest 2, which is like, um, you know, it's not very good in terms of mixed reality, right? So, um, so it's interesting to see that also there's this kind of green light from the big names in the tech industry, right? To say, like, look, we want you guys to build stuff for this, right? and so as you said and i completely agree like there's this also this changing landscape in gaming right like in the past few years like if you take like the history of gaming for the last i don't know like 40 years maybe um when uh gaming started with you know the the mega drive and atari and then you know it it started evolving until like the super nintendo which was one of the first or maybe the first 8-bit video game and then like we had the playstation which was the first full 3d video game and then you know it, it transitioned from there now we have very powerful devices but like it kind of feels like it got stuck there right there there wasn't much innovation it was just better graphics and better hardware and now we're at this moment where um you know uh there's a lot of i see a lot of movement in the competitive gaming landscape as well um although i wouldn't say that's necessarily innovative but thanks to internet connections that we have nowadays it allows very competitive gaming online but like it lacks the gaming industry lacks innovation so we're at this sweet spot where devices are being really released with very exciting hardware innovation that allows us to have mixed reality gaming ar gaming vr gaming and also at the same time like an industry that needs more innovation right so i completely like i completely agree with you and it's a amazing amazing perspective
1: yeah it's i think it's spot on there how you say it's one element so the device can do mr and vr i i I think the two big interesting things that are coming in this generation is the ability for the device to now show you the real world in a way that starts to be convincing so that's like pass through that's really cool because it can let developers start to really seriously think about creating ar applications for a generation of device you know maybe half a decade away where it's it's an actual wearable and until now it's been a lot more difficult to do that with this with this generation of devices like the vision pro and the quest 3 that have passed through that's in your hands right now then you can literally use your hands too to, to create um as an interaction layer and the second one that's really interesting is the uh, scene understanding and and it's the ability for the device to n- know and and that's if as a player you want the device to know about your house so it can know that you've got a desk or a bed or a a bookshelf, it knows how many walls and how high they are. And the, the potential there for developers is, I think, untapped at this point. Like we really have found that to be one of the most exciting things that we have to design a game that will really, it's just sort of asking questions like how many walls do you have? How many windows do you have? Where are they? How much floor space? And then create an application. It doesn't have to be a game. It also doesn't even have to be a mixed reality experience. You could make something that's fully virtual reality that just knows how many walls you have. Even using that information to just pick the best wall to put a virtual display for you to watch a movie on um, You know, seamlessly as a, as a player. and It also allows the device to now remember where you've placed things so that you can come back and sort of set up a place the way you like. A lot of that technology has been around for eight years with things like the Microsoft Hololens. It is cool to have it now in a, in a place where the barrier to entry is still pretty pricey. The Quest Three is, you know, around half a grand or something U.S. and and so it's still high price, but it's something like eight times cheaper than the Hololens was, or even even twelve times. It. The, I think the thing that's been fun thinking about VR was when I, when you talk about that evolution of gaming, I got into virtual reality, um, you know, around 10 years ago. And when I was first getting into it, there was that time where I was playing experiences where you would move your body a lot. You would get, you'd feel presence in the virtual world. You actually felt like you were really truly there. And after a session of playing a game, you might hold your controllers and go to put them on a table and they would just fall through it, smash on the ground and you realized, oh, my gosh, that table, it wasn't even real. I actually fell for it. And then I think there's been a generation of games, we've made them as well, where you you stand still a lot and you use your thumbstick to move around in the virtual world, and, and it allows for, like, action, fast-paced shooters, um, but you don't get that same level of presence. And And one thing I found with the mixed reality apps is by their design, in many cases, they're forcing you to do physical movement a lot and I found myself for the first time in about seven years putting my controls down at the end of session and falling through a, a table that wasn't there. But I could actually see, in this case, I saw the real world and the virtual table. I still fell for it. And that's when I sort of thought, that's a pointer to me. Like this is some, you know, this is a generational step up again, like it's magic happening again. So it's, yeah, it's it's an exciting space, I think, the, that generation of of tech.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned something that I think is extremely interesting, like um, which is like you said, and I completely agree. Like uh, it doesn't have to be gaming. Like you could use just basically like different types of apps, different applications, um, where it would be interesting for the device to know how many walls you have, how many windows you have, or like where you are within your house or maybe within a larger space. But um, something that I often say, um, which is it's my personal perspective, and I would love to hear it from you. Like, I think, um, although I do believe there's going to be a lot of applications for the Apple Vision Pro and for the Quest 3, and maybe even for the PSVR in the upcoming years, um, I think gaming is always at the forefront of exploring these technologies, because it adds this new, very exciting layer for uh, entertainment, right and, and and it allows people to have immersive gaming in this case of, of what we're talking about. So um, I think you know there's there's two main, I would say uh, industries that explore innovative technology better than just basically any other industry, which is gaming. With like innovative and, and in this case, immersive gaming, right, and and also industrial, right. Industries are often trying to push the boundaries in order to get better results, bigger ROI, and so because of that, they're adopting new technology, right. So I think you know, um, I do think there's going to be a lot of applications that are going to leverage these new technologies, these new devices, and maybe even in the future when we see the Apple Vision Pro two. The Apple Vision SE, you know, like the more affordable versions of it, and the Quest Four, Quest Five. However, I do believe that gaming is always going to be at the forefront, pushing the boundaries before anyone else.
1: Yeah, I, you're spot on with that. I, I agree with you. My opinion is the same. Looking back at how you talked about the evolution of consoles, there's moments where the graphics card was created, the the GPU, you know, late '90s, early 2000s and gaming was really the primary use for a lot of those cards and they were pricey and they always a lot of technical advances are typically pricey and i guess we found trying to kick this company off that, that it's really just yeah where is there in some way a return on investment or um in any way like where is a business model and we did try industry first and i and i think that is a great place to look because there if you have the right partner in industry that they, they're willing to outlay the cost involved to make, you know, to use this new technology, whatever it is. In, in this case, if it's VR or it might be um, yeah, some sort of pro- like visual projection device or hologram kind of technology or LIDAR scanning. Often, you know, it's like hopefully there's an industry partner. Sometimes though, it's, it's still too risky or, or I think it, when we were trying in, in the industry, sort of side sort of things it was 2014-15 and I think the technology also just wasn't ready yet like it was just too jank like you you, I was trying to give demos hardware was always failing or you know it, you couldn't it was too complex for the industry use case and that's where I think we shifted to the gaming because that's where you have enthusiasts that they don't really care so much that the hardware is complex and you've got to maybe spend an hour to set it all up properly at that time and they help to drive that, and then then I think that's where you're lucky. So often, the if the manufacturers of the technology are wanting to push that technology, hopefully there are opportunities to either get some recoupable advances or some form of grants, or even marketing support, so that you can just it de-risk the project. It has to just yeah reach a point where it's the developers uh, feel that it's de-risked enough to want to do it, and then they can make content and if there's a market to to use the work they're making then then it's gonna equal out <laughs> yeah I agree that I think it's coming like it's not quite there yet you know the, the market
0: definitely definitely and um, and there's you know not only the fact that the market needs to evolve you know like there's all of these multiple factors that have to come in together for things to work, right? And I do believe we're at the right moment right now, right? Like where a lot of things are coming in together. uh, AI, you know, other aspects as well that I think are going to leverage these new devices and also help gaming a lot. But I also believe, you know, there's also this other part, which is uh, the internal expertise and in technology that you guys are developing, for example, right? So, for instance, the Aspire Control Theater, right? Which is something that you mentioned that I thought was extremely interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about that. If I understand correctly, it is something that you guys developed to help people from not feeling sick or maybe not feeling so sick, right?
1: Yeah, it's. Um, it was in many ways the kind of, um, technical innovation that we had that got interest in Espire to the point that we were able to get that game greenlit. It did take two years to get Espire one, uh, like I was saying a bit earlier, to, to just finally get it to the point where, like, yep, we can make this game now. And along the way, I, I was developing a concept called the Espire Control Theater. The, the idea, or I guess the problem is that when you're a first time user of VR, if you play any type of VR experience where what you're seeing in your eyes is not the same as what you're doing in real life, you'll feel sick. The classic example is jumping in a roller coaster experience. You're standing still, maybe or sitting down in real life, but in in virtual reality, your eyes telling you, your eyes are telling you you're going up and down this crazy uh, roller coaster. Maybe you're, the horizons even tilting and you're going upside down, and for the nearly everyone you're going to get sick and for some people you might get so sick that you'll need to lie down for three or four hours and it's the kind of it's a retention killer and so people may put the headset down and never use it again and it's a contentious topic as well because i think there's also a lot of people that say um it is what it is or people can get um better they can deal with it they can get their eye and stomach and they can sort of push through which i think is true in many cases as well but the the risk i think is that some people will use a a headset like that get um poisoned by the that horrible experience and just not come back and so there are many different techniques on trying to mitigate it and a lot of them they all have every single one of them has trade-offs like an obvious one like teleportation a concept where you're you you sort of literally teleport around an environment so you can stand still and not feel sick is a common one but the downside is it's really disorientating for for the person in VR, and if you're trying to also share your experience and someone's watching you, they also find it really disorientating. So, the concept um, I, I put together was a combination of a few ideas. There's a if if you can if listeners can imagine you're sitting in your car, you've got essentially the cockpit of the vehicle in front of you. You can see the steering wheel, and when the car's moving, that is something that grounds you to the real world. You, your peripheral vision is where your eyes have a lot of sensitivity to movement. And w- with the frame, the chassis of the car and your peripheral vision, it helps to keep you grounded even though the world in front of you is coming at great speed. And that was combined with a few other ideas to, to and it was introduced into the concept of our game. Espire is a game where you, the concept of the game is you actually use your VR headset, you imagine that you're standing in a holodeck style room, it's maybe two by two meters, whatever your play space is, and that holodeck room is where you are controlling the Espire robot, the frame is this sort of VR operative of the future, it might be 3,000 miles away on the other side of the world, and you're a drone operator, your your control controllers and your headset are, are, are basically sending inputs to the Espire, and the idea of the control theater element was the moment that you make Espire do anything that's considered artificial movement that you're not doing. For example, you're pushing the thumbstick forward and Espire is running forward, but you're standing still. Or maybe Espire is falling off a three story building, and but you're standing still. That instant it happens, the whole virtual world of Espire shrinks onto a floating iPad, and the iPad sits in front of your face one meter away. And that's actually the distance that the VR eyes will converge on each other, so it's kind of a really comfortable distance for it. And that floating iPad, um, what, what's in your background is the control theatre holodeck that you're standing in, so it's a series of grid lines and patterns. And, and so what happens is your brain is tricked into thinking, oh, I'm just standing still, and I'm just watching Aspire do this action on a f- screen in front of me. And the moment you stop doing that ar- artificial movement, the iPad shrinks back um, or, or expands out. And the hope is that it can give you full freedom of movement. You could circle strafe around an enemy and you will maintain immersion in the game world because it flicks on and off and the background you see is really just part of the game environment itself. And and um, the big one is it minimizes VR sickness and we've been working on it for about six years and personally have demoed VR to about 2,000 people during that time and, and yeah, it's I'd say it's successful enough that even if someone has severe motion sickness they'll um, not feel the onset of it for about 28 minutes. So there's still people that will will start to get sick but if you just simply turn it off they'll immediately feel sick so it's kind of at least stopping that happening and it can be a cool tool because players can then sort of dial it down. Over time they could make it a bit more transparent, make the iP- the floating iPad larger and then, obviously, um, if they don't like it, just simply turn it off. But yeah, that's that's that the concept of the control theater.
0: That's really cool, and I think you know that's uh, something that hopefully we're gonna get to see more of in the upcoming years. You know, just not only the technical like hardware innovation, but also like innovation in terms of development, in order to overcome some of the most you know uh, common barriers of playing VR. Uh, AR uh, our mixed reality not only games but also apps right because there's this huge hurdle which is as you said like motion sickness you know all of these things so I think um, you know it's nice to see that there are people thinking about thinking people like you guys thinking about ways to address these problems without pushing too hard on the hardware innovation and uh and for us to wrap it up you know i and i think it's completely related i would love for you to talk a little bit about the experience of the mixed reality the newest version of aspire right which happens as using your own house as the environment as the stage for the game right um how has because uh the game is not released yet right and um and i've seen just a couple of videos which are extremely exciting and I did post about it on LinkedIn so I'm curious to hear from from you like what is the experience like uh during developing this 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 latest version of Aspire which takes you guys a little bit of, like kind of outside your comfort zone a little bit and also like if you've had any feedback yet from you know people that are just uh, p- playing the game in a maybe a closed beta version or like you know something that uh people have been able to play around with in order to for you guys to hear feedback i would love for you to talk a little bit about that because i'm assuming you know there might be a little bit of motion sickness there as well you know even though it's not completely vr so yeah
1: yeah i I, um i guess to describe the player experience it's it's one that hopefully some people would put on a headset and experience this MR Missions game and go, wow, I've never really played something like that before. You might be sitting in your apartment. The ideal scenario is if you've got something like 5 meters by 3 meters space. So, you know, that's like a typical studio apartment with the open plan or something. But you can play it. At the moment, our minimum requirement is like 2.5 by 2.5 meters. But yeah, ideally, it's something that's around about like that five by three meters, and you're really familiar with your studio apartment. You know where everything is. You know that you've got this coffee table and a bench, and suddenly playing the Aspire MR missions, the very opening scene is 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 an introduction. You you see a lever on the, on on a on a um, stand right in front of the middle of the room and when you walk over to it you grab this lever, it's rendered in a way that it feels like it's part of your real world space. You intuitively grab it and pull it and you see a cable, a virtual cable that's actually wrapping all around the floor, along the walls, across the ceiling and now there's suddenly this very large blast door that is on your biggest wall in your room. You pull that lever and the blast door raises up and you can suddenly see a view that's about 300 metres. It's a arctic military base there's snow coming in through the from outside into your real room there's a guard in the foreground with his back to you you can see guards marching around on patrol they're so far away you can barely see them and if you turn around there's a locker in your room and you can open this virtual locker as you would inside is some supplies like weapons and that first level really has um, no objective other than just show you what's Possible. There's a um, a gold plate that will appear. You go and walk on it, and then the experience will fade away. And when it fades back again, you're still in the same room, but the very second experience suddenly ha- features a laser wall, and the laser walls just coming slowly towards you. And that same locker is there. You've got to jump in a locker and hide in the virtual locker while the lasers sweep past the door. Otherwise, they would blow you up, you know, virtually. <laughs> and um, it. The, the hope is that we're introducing um, stealth action variety as a player if you've just uh, if you've experienced Espire it'll be familiar if you have never played a stealth action game before hopefully you'll still find it quite thrilling You're, you've got objectives like hacking out a PC smashing on the keyboard as quick as you can to do the hack or you've got to grab enemy soldiers that enter your room knock them out physically with your hands, and put their head against a retinal scanner to open a door all of these objectives get more and more intricate in their complexity and the and the kind of game loop is that they get chained together so the longer you play the game the, the more objectives you have to complete you might have to you know, grab a guard, put it on a retinal scanner which will activate a, a um, laser trap that you need to dodge like in the movies to then avoid by using a um, a wrist-mounted trank launcher to shoot at a a, um, power junction and turn it off. And then there's a few levels where it's just pure action. You have to eliminate all the soldiers that are in the area. The hope is that that experience as a player, you'd take the headset off and go, that was cool, that I now understand some of the potential of mixed reality. And hopefully you would be encouraged as a player to go, I want to take this to my mate's house and I want to see what it plays like there because my friend's house. I know that they've got a bigger room than I do, or I know that they've got an L-shaped room. The SBR MR missions will grow the, to the maximum size supported by the Meta um, headset at the moment, which is, all, which is essentially three rooms. So you could have like one, two, three rooms. And I think the, 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 that final part of the development experience—it's been a real challenge. Like we. Um, We've ended up at a point and it'll be interesting to get feedback if we made the right call or not but we've we've basically designed a series of missions for small spaces and that's where we're assuming around about three by three meters is ideal but you can go a bit smaller or a bit bigger and we've got a series of missions that are big spaces that's where we're kind of going for more like six meters by four and so if you play the game you'll the game does a room review it will calculate your current room and it will then actually go through our list of say, we don't know how many levels will ship, but maybe there's 20 and it may actually cut out like 10 out of 20 and it'll just say, unfortunately, these 10 levels aren't compatible right now, um, but these 10 are and so the the compromise we made there was we didn't want to design for the lowest or smallest room and make everything work. We wanted to give the team some freedom to go, just make stuff that's awesome but don't, our hope is we won't give players a terrible time where they load a level up and they're just like, oh, "This is really not suitable for my room right now." There's 12 guards and I'm in a closet and it's, you know, ter- terrible experience. So on the beta testing, we actually haven't really gotten much feedback yet. We've actually reached the milestone of our alpha build. So if you have any listeners that are keen to test it out, particularly if they have a Quest Pro headset, because it's um gonna work fine on Quest too but that is um black and white pass-through and you unfortunately can't record footage with that headset um, but yeah if, if if users are vr enthusiasts uh, if your listeners are vr enthusiasts and they want to check it out an early build then they can contact us if you just find us on most social media VR, espirevr e-s-p-i-r-e-v-r then yeah, we're particularly looking for people that would be open to give feedback, play the game for a couple hours and take half an hour to write some notes. You know, that's the kind of ask we'd have. It'd be super appreciated.
0: That's awesome. So you guys, you heard it. So if you're interested in trying one of the first and most exciting mixed reality games out there right now, uh, not out there because it's not out there right now. (laughs) It's not out there yet, but you're going to be able to try it. And so, Michael, man, thank you very much for being here with us today, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was really exciting to uh, to hear directly from someone that is at literally the forefront of exploring new technology for gaming. That's extremely exciting. So uh, for us to wrap it up, I would love to hear, like, what are some of the future projects that you or maybe you guys are working on right now and how to follow you and potentially follow Aspire as well?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'll first say thanks to you for the opportunity. It's been just absolutely awesome to come on the show. Um, you know, being a fan of the show and just listening to the the devo- diverse range of guests that you also get on, it's been really um, cool to have an opportunity to actually come on the show and, and talk about, you know, the, the work we're doing. I appreciate it, Eli, and I, I think in terms of our next projects. It's an interesting time for us as a company. We've actually had to do a downsize this year. Um, you, you know, really felt that kind of tech industry. So the honest truth is we are aggressively seeking that next major project. Our current strategy, just if are there are other devs listening, I, I always think it's awesome to share, you know, what we're doing. But we're, we're kind of doing a multi-tiered approach here of trying to do some work for hire, like build out that kind of strength. Um, in our company, diversify what we do, and also looking at doing VR ports, bringing um, existing games to VR, like being involved either fully doing it or even just as VR advisors, Um, as well as we're aggressively sort of in a a pitch mode for small games. I think it's an interesting time where you can do something that's quick and fast and kick ass, you know, like kind of a six-month project. That's kind of like our current goal, while we're also We've we've been developing for over a year, you know, s- some new IPs, just like our next Espire, but something completely different. That's something that's sort of been, if we're lucky, we'll we'll get that greenlit, and that'll be the next major thing we kind of do in in our multi kind of stream approach as a company. Those are the kind of projects like Espire that were like two years, two and a half, three years in there. They're always risky in VR just because of the the speed at which the um platform and all and the industry moves but also you need some games like that you need you need time to make some content that players want which is deeper experiences so that's what we're currently looking at so yeah um hopefully if we have a catch up again we'll have a good update on where all that's headed and if if people ever want to yeah check us out we we we're almost on everything at, at, with E-S-P-I-R-E, VR Aspire VR. So we're most active on our Discord and Twitter, I'd say. That's probably the two areas where you could catch us the, the easiest.
0: Awesome. So you guys, you heard it, follow Aspire. Uh, keep up with their updates because it's definitely going to be very exciting to pay attention to these guys right now and also in the upcoming future, right, in the next few years. So, Michael, once again, man, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, that listened to us today. I really appreciate you. And if you guys want to follow me, or already know it's Eli Santos on LinkedIn, Eli Space Santos. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode.